Question for you. What's your go-to app when you have a moment of downtime? When you have a little time to yourself, maybe you're waiting for the bus or waiting for something, waiting in line, and you pull out your phone, maybe you check your email or check your messages and there are no messages, you know, sometimes that happens. Then what's your go-to app? What is the app that you open by default? Now, this might seem like an obvious plug for our Discord server, but I'm not really meaning it to be. But my go-to default app these days is Discord because we have this fantastic Culips English podcast Discord server, and it's so fun to hang out with our community there. So honestly, that is my go-to app these days. But if I've read through all the messages and I'm caught up on the Discord, then the next app that I go to is an app that is really popular here in South Korea. And I think it's really only a Korean app. I don't think it's available in other markets, but it's called Carrot Market. And I believe I've talked about Carrot Market in the past here on Qloops, so maybe you've heard me mention it before, but Carrot Market is a buy and sell app. It's a used buy and sell app. And in today's bonus episode, which is number 67, by the way, this is bonus episode number 67, I'm gonna tell you a story about a recent experience I had using Carrot Market. But before I tell you that story, let me introduce myself. My name's Andrew, and I'm the host of the Culips English Podcast, and it's wonderful to be here with you today. I hope you're doing well. There's 100% free transcript for this episode. You can get it just by following the link that's in the description. It comes as a PDF download or an interactive version that's best for studying with your digital device, your computer, your tablet, or your smartphone. So please check out the transcript because it is a great companion to studying along with the story that I'll tell you here today. Also, if you're interested about joining the Discord that I hinted at just a moment ago, then we'll put the link in the description for that as well, and you can join us over on the Discord server. And usually after each new Culips episode is released, we have a nice discussion about that episode on the Discord. So if you haven't joined us there yet, please sign up and join us. We want you to participate in the conversation. And I believe last time I checked, there are almost 2,000 members on the Discord. So it's a wonderful community of people just like you, like-minded English learners, people who are serious about improving their English fluency. And I have to say, I really enjoy spending time on the Discord, reading everyone's messages and participating as much as I can as well. So if you've been on the fence or if you're just learning about our Discord right now, then just follow the link in the description and you can sign up. And finally, I want to encourage you to listen to our latest Simplified Speech episode if you haven't already. In that episode, I talk with one of our study guide writers. Her name's Indiana. She's from the USA. She's a lovely person, a wonderful study guide writer, and an even better English teacher. Now, I won't tell you too much about Indiana because in that Simplified Speech episode, I interview her and you can listen and find out about her yourself by checking that episode out. But I do want to say that in that episode, one of the things we talk about is a brand new course that we're going to be offering here at Culips. 
Yes, that's right. You heard me. It will be a course and it will happen over the course of six weeks. Okay. And each week there will be a live class, which is led and taught by Indiana. And she is going to be walking the participants of the class through one of the study guides for our older simplified speech episodes. In fact, we have around 178 simplified speech episodes at the moment. The most recent episode was number 178. So that's a huge catalog of episodes. And if you're a newer QLips listener, then maybe you haven't even explored some of those early episodes before. So what Indiana is going to be doing is going all the way back to the start of the series, which I think we started like seven or eight years ago. It's been a long time since we started Simplified Speech. She's going to go all the way to the back and walk you through those episodes and walk you through the study guides for those episodes in the live class. This is our first time trying something like this at Qlips. So we're calling this a beta course. It's going to be six weeks long, like I mentioned, and it's only for Qlips members. So if you're a Qlips member, you can actually join for free fantastic. You don't have to pay anything extra at all. If you're not a QLips member, but you'd like to participate, well, then you need to sign up and become a QLips member, and then you can register. We are opening the course only to 30 QLips members, and that's just because it's impossible to do a live class if we have like 200 or 300 people. It will just be too crazy for Indiana to teach a class that big, so it's limited to 30 participants. And at the time that I'm recording this episode right now, registration has only been open for less than 24 hours, but already we are almost 50% full for the course. So if you are interested in doing it, don't delay. You have to sign up quickly before things fill up. So anyways, if you want to hear all of the details about that, you can listen to the simplified speech interview that I did with Indiana, or you can go through the course syllabus and schedule and see if it's a good fit for your schedule. And I'll put the links for those as well in the description for this episode so you can check it out and learn all the details. All right, I think those are all the announcements that I wanted to make before I get to my storytelling. So without any further delays, let's get right to it. Here's my story about using Carrot Market last week. Hope you enjoy it. Here we go. So the question that I asked you at the top of the show was, what's your go-to app when you have a moment of free time? What is like the app that you open just to kill some time when you have a moment to yourself? Well, in the past, I would have answered either Twitter or Instagram. Those were my two go-to apps. But there's been a lot of changes at Twitter, and I found that it just hasn't been a good fit for me recently. So I actually deleted the Twitter app not too long ago. So that left only Instagram. Instagram was definitely my go-to app for a while. But then, like you know, we launched the Qlips Discord server. And because of that, I've been more focused on using our Discord server than Instagram. 
So half naturally and half because of my own will, I kind of stopped using Instagram as much. Of course, I still use it, but I don't use it as much. I actually removed the icon, the Instagram shortcut icon from my home screen and put it on a different screen. So I can't just tap right away when I open my phone and go right into Instagram. There's a little bit of effort. I need to do a little bit of swiping around on my phone to find it and open it. Instead, I replaced that with the Discord app. So that's been effective at helping me break my addiction to Instagram. Now, I have to say I have nothing against Instagram. I think it can be a really cool app and I learn a lot of new things from Instagram. I find a lot of new things on Instagram, but at the same time, it can be a real time waster and also it can be expensive because... (laughs) I see so many ads through Instagram and I guess Instagram knows me pretty well because a lot of the ads that are targeted towards me really are things that I find pretty appealing. (laughs) So it can be dangerous. I have to really watch myself and make sure that I don't go on a shopping spree thanks to Instagram. So anyways, I've been trying to reduce my time on Instagram and I kind of put that app in a difficult to find, difficult to access place on my phone. So instead I've been using Discord, but in addition to Discord, I've also kind of become addicted to this app called Carrot Market. So Carrot Market is an app for buying and selling used things. That is essentially its main focus, but it also has a lot of other things on there as well. There's a community tab where you can see other posts about various different topics that people in your neighborhood have posted. And I should clarify that that's one of the unique things about this app is that you're limited to your specific neighborhood where you live. In fact, once you download the app and you get it set up and you make an account, then you have to set your neighborhood and you can only interact with other people or other products if you wanna buy something if it's in your neighborhood, which has been a little bit frustrating to me, this part of the experience, but it's just the way the app goes. So you may be wondering why have I become addicted so to speak, to this buy and sell app. Well, it all happened when I was moving. Earlier in the year, my wife and I moved from our apartment to this old house that we have renovated and fixed up and now it's our new house. So while we were doing that move, I started using this app a lot. First of all, I sold a lot of things before the move using this app and I had a really good experience and we were able to sell a lot of the things that we didn't really need and we even gave some stuff away as well through using this app. So it was a really good experience selling and giving away things through the app. And now that we're in the new house, well, we need to furnish the house and this has been taking a long time. If you're a loyal, regular listener of Culips, you'll probably hear me talk about this almost every week, that we're still furnishing our house. A little update about that, by the way, I do now have a desk and I'm sitting at my desk right now. It's a relief. I don't have to sit on the floor anymore. I have a desk for my computer and it's fantastic. So that's taken care of, but we still need to furnish our living room. Our living room is empty. We don't have a sofa. We don't have a dining room table. There are things that we still need to get. 
Now, my wife is a designer by trade. That's what she does for her job. So she's got a really good eye for layouts and designs, and I'm helping her search for furniture that we can use to furnish our house with. But at the same time, she kind of naturally takes the lead in that situation, just because I think she's better than I am at doing that kind of thing. I, of course, offer my support, I share my opinion, and we do things together, but she kind of takes the lead in that regard. But there is one area where I take the lead, and that's when it comes to music, the music for our house. So I'm a huge music geek. I love listening to music, and so is my wife. So let's take things back a couple of years ago. My wife and I got married and we moved into our first apartment together. And at that time, the apartment was empty and we were just starting our life together. So we also, at that time, had to buy a lot of furniture for the apartment and furnish it because it was an unfurnished apartment. And one of the things that we bought at that time was a stereo. We bought a kind of integrated LP player and radio, and it came with a couple of speakers as well. And at the time, we just bought a cheap one. I think it was around $150 or so. So as far as stereo equipment goes, that's pretty cheap. And also the quality of that stereo is pretty cheap as well. You can tell just by using it and picking it up that it's not the greatest quality. And at the time, we said that was fine because when we moved into that apartment, we had already bought our house and we knew that we would be renovating it. And we said to ourselves, hey, we'll wait until we move into our new house. And then once we do that, then we'll spend a little bit more money putting together the kind of stereo system that we want. Now, I know for some people, this might not be a huge priority, having a stereo in your house. But for me and my wife as music lovers, it is a key component of the house. In fact, I think I could live without many things in the house. I don't really need a TV. I don't really need a dishwasher. I don't really even need a dryer, a clothes dryer, to be honest. I could live without many other appliances. However, one thing that I need to have in my house is a stereo so I can listen to music. At least in my life, if I don't have music, then my life is not as enjoyable. So this is a priority, at least for our household. So now we're finally caught up, we're in the present, okay, and we've moved to our new house, and we still have this cheap stereo that we're using, and it's fine. You know, it's not the worst, but it could be so much better. And especially the quality of the speakers is very, very poor. So it just like barely scratches the itch for a good stereo. And now that we're in the new house, we want to upgrade. So this is where I can take the lead and it's my job to get a new stereo for our house. Now, you may be wondering why we just don't go online or go to a store and buy a brand new stereo. Well, that's not really our style because we're also really interested in older vintage products. And there are several reasons behind that. I think maybe for my wife, and I don't want to put words in her mouth here, but I think if you were to ask her directly, she'd say that she likes vintage products because of the aesthetics, because of the way they look. And I'm totally on the same page there. I love things from the past and each era has a different look, a different style, a different aesthetic. And I'm totally, like I said, on the same page as my wife there. 
But in addition to that, I really value the craftsmanship and the quality that you could find in the past that unfortunately you can't find as easily these days. Or I don't want to say that. I think you can find the same quality and craftsmanship. You just have to pay a lot of money for it these days. And often new products are made of plastic and they're manufactured as cheaply as possible. They're designed to break. They don't last for a long time. And if they do break, often you can't repair it. You just have to throw it out and buy a new one. And I hate that. I hate poor craftsmanship. I hate things that break and don't last for a long time. So because of that, naturally, I'm drawn to vintage products. And when it comes to stereo equipment, that's definitely down my alley. It kind of puts two of my passions together, music and music equipment, and also vintage products and quality craftsmanship. All of these things just tick all of my boxes. So because of that, I've been on the lookout for good, high quality used stereo equipment. And so Carrot Market is the natural choice of an app to use for this situation. So at first, when I started using the app, I would just search for what I was looking for each day and constantly refresh and refresh and refresh, just hoping something would pop up. But then later I learned that you can set up notifications for different keywords. So now I have all of these notifications set up so that as soon as somebody posts something that I'm interested in, then I get a little ping to my phone and I can open it up and check it out right away because it's first come first serve. And if you want to buy the item, you really have to go fast before anybody else can get to it. Anyways, so we've been in our new house now for around two and a half to three months. And ever since we moved in, I've been refreshing and checking Carrot Market every day, trying to find the perfect stereo equipment. And I have to say, it is like finding a needle in a haystack. There's a lot of stereo equipment for sale each and every day, but I wasn't able to find anything until very recently that was a good fit in terms of price and condition and manufacturer until last week. So last week, I don't know, I had a few minutes of downtime and I looked on my phone and after I finished with the Qlips Discord server, then I opened Carrot Market and I was just browsing through when finally I saw something that I had been on the lookout for. A record player that matched all of the criteria that I wanted in terms of the manufacturer and the price and the condition and it was also in my neighborhood and also I saw the ad after it had only been posted for a few moments so I was the first to respond. And something that's kind of cool about this app is you can see how many people have inquired about the product. So you can tell if you're first in line or if many other people have inquired about the product before you. So I won't go into all of the geeky details about the record player that I did end up buying, but I will tell you a kind of funny story about buying the record player. So anyways, I believe this was Wednesday or Thursday of last week. And when I messaged the guy about buying this record player, he asked me, oh, when can you pick it up? 
And I said, Friday evening, do you have time Friday evening? That's the first availability in my schedule. And he said, sure, no problem. I'm available on Friday evening. So we made a plan to meet up and he asked me to come to his house to pick up the record player. So he sent me his address and I just popped it into my map application. And I just really quickly kind of looked at the area in general where his house was and it looked pretty close to mine. I didn't look in detail, which was probably a mistake at the time, <laughs> but in general, it looked like it was pretty close to my house. So I said, yeah, no problem. I will go to your house and pick up the record player. We made a plan for early Friday evening. But on Friday in the early afternoon, that seller sent me a message and he wrote something like, hey, I'm really sorry, but something's come up and I can't meet you this afternoon. Instead, could we meet tomorrow afternoon? And I said, sure, tomorrow early afternoon works for me. And he said, great, just text me tomorrow when you want to come over and we'll do it then. So I said, okay, left it at that, no problem. Well, then the next day, which I guess this was Saturday. So Saturday early afternoon, I had planned to go over to get the record player. So I messaged him at, I don't know, 10.30 or 11 in the morning. And I said, hey, can I come around 1 p.m. and pick up the record player from you? And he replied, how about 3.30 p.m.? Is that okay? The problem was my wife and I already had plans later in the afternoon around that time. And we didn't want to cancel or change our plans just to pick up the record player. And at this point, I was a little bit disappointed in the seller because I told him I wanted to come in the early afternoon, but he suggested 3.30, which in my opinion is kind of late afternoon. I don't know, what do you guys think? Is 3.30 p.m. early afternoon or late afternoon? To me, it's towards the later part of the afternoon. But anyways, I said, you know, sorry, I can't come then today because I have something else I have to do at that time. If the early afternoon doesn't work for you, well then how about the next day? The next day was Sunday and I had zero plans on my schedule for Sunday other than doing Culips stuff. Usually on Sunday, I spend some time doing Culips and of course that's pretty flexible. I can come and go as needed. So I said to him, you know, tomorrow, if you're free, I have time anytime, morning, afternoon, evening, just let me know what works for you and I can come get it the next day. So he messaged me back and he said, oh, I'm going out of town starting tomorrow. So if you want to get this record player, you should probably do it sooner than later. And if you have no time today, then the only time that I'm available is tomorrow morning between 5.30 a.m. and 7 a.m., but that he had to leave at 7 a.m., on the dot because he really had to get out of town. So if I wanted to come and get the record player, then I'd have to do it early morning and like around 6.30 at the latest because he needed to be gone by 7 a.m. So it's not like I could have just shown up at seven, that would have been too late. Now you may know that I'm a morning person. I love the morning time. I love how it's calm and quiet. And especially this time of the year in the late summer, the mornings are just fantastic. However, also on Sunday morning, that is like the one day of the week where I tend to sleep a little bit later. So I wasn't really super stoked to have to wake up at the crack of dawn, but I did really want to get the record player. So what I decided to do was combine two things that I had to do on Sunday into one. 
And you may know if you've listened to recent Qlips bonus episodes that I'm currently training for a marathon. And part of marathon training each week is doing a long run. And that has to be done usually on Sundays. So I thought, aha, I can kill two birds with one stone here. I can wake up early in the morning. I can go to the guy's house, buy the record player, bring it back home, and then do my long run early in the morning before it really gets too hot in the middle of the day. So that was my plan. I justified it that way. Okay, I can wake up early on Sunday morning. I'll get the record player. I'll get the run done. And then I can rest for a little bit at home and then do culips. That was my plan for Sunday. So I messaged him and I said, sure, no problem. I'll come to your house around 5.45 or 6 the next day and we'll get the deal done. So he messaged me back and he said, okay, see you tomorrow morning. And that was that. So Saturday night, I went to bed a little bit earlier than I usually do. I set my alarm. I got up the next day at 5.30 in the morning and it was time to go to this guy's house to buy the record player. So I opened my map app again and typed his address in and realized that it was a little bit farther away than I had originally expected. For some reason, I thought it was just like the next neighborhood over from mine, maybe about a kilometer away, but it turned out to be almost three kilometers away. So I had to hustle to try and make it to his house for our scheduled time. And I guess this is a nice benefit of training for a marathon is that distance seems really small these days. Like the difference between a kilometer and three kilometers seems like not really a big deal when I'm always focused on completing 42 kilometers. So yeah, it was a little bit farther than I expected, but thankfully there was a nice riverside path and bike lane and walking lane that pretty much connected his house and my house. So I just got onto that path and followed it. I did have to speed walk to make it there in time, but I was able to get to his like neighborhood area just by following this path. Once I got to his neighborhood though, and I got off of the path, then I headed up into the mountains. It was this crazy uphill road that I had to walk up and really it didn't even feel like I was in Seoul anymore. A lot of the houses started disappearing. It was like a mountain road. I passed a Buddhist temple. <laughs> I went through this tunnel and then on the other side of the tunnel, I had to go down another big hill and around another curve. And then finally I got to his apartment building, which was in this like little village area on the other side of this mountain. So all in all, it wasn't that far of a walk. It was about three kilometers, but the little part at the end after I got off of the walking trail was actually a little bit difficult. It was up and down and around. And so by the time I got to his house, I was pretty out of breath. <laughs> it was a tough walk. So I arrived at the address that the seller had provided me and I messaged him to tell him I was here. And he said, just a minute, he'll come down and get me. And he came down and greeted me at the door and he said, do you want to hear the record player first? I can show it to you and you can test it. And I said, yes, I would like to test it and make sure everything is in working order first. So he invited me into his 
apartment, but he asked me to be quiet because his wife was still sleeping. So I said, sure, of course. So we went inside his home and he showed me his stereo and he was like a collector. He had a lot of different audio equipment, several different sets of speakers, several turntables, several amps and receivers and lots of good stuff. And it was kind of funny because he was like, we have to be quiet when we're talking because my wife's still sleeping. But then when he was showing off the record player to me, he like cranked the volume and played the music really loud at like six in the morning. So I'm sure his loud music probably woke his wife up and maybe even his neighbors too. I'm not sure. But he gave me a demonstration of how the record player works, and he told me how to set the needle and adjust it so that it is calibrated correctly, and he explained all the different functions and everything he explained to me. He was really thorough with it. And so finally, after about 15 or 20 minutes of demonstration, then he was done explaining, and I gave him the money. I paid 200,000 Korean won for it, which is maybe around 170 US dollars. So anyways, the seller of the turntable, he disconnected it from his stereo and he was very kind and wrapped up all the wires and tied them for me. But this stereo was manufactured in 1978. So it's quite old, you know, over 40 years old. And so of course he doesn't have the original box anymore. So he just gave it to me and he said, oh, I'll bring it down to your car for you and I'll put it in your car. And I told him, I didn't drive here. I just walked here. I don't actually have a car. And he kind of looked at me like, huh? Okay, well, do you live in the neighborhood? Are you close by? And I was like, yeah, I'm just kind of, you know, down the road. Don't worry about it. I can carry it. And he said, are you sure? Like, this is a pretty heavy piece of equipment. And I was like, in my head, how heavy can it really be? It's probably not too heavy. Now, of course, I knew that it was a vintage turntable and it was really solid and well-made. And I knew it would be heavy. But once I picked it up, I realized it was heavier than I was expecting. <laughs> I didn't weigh it, of course, but I do have some kettlebells that I exercise with occasionally. And I have a 10 kilogram kettlebell and a 16 kilogram kettlebell. Those are the two weights that I have for reference. And I figured that it was probably pretty close to the 10 kilogram weight. So it was considerably heavier than I was expecting, but I was happy about that because, you know, I knew, oh, this is a really well-made turntable. It's so heavy and sturdy and solid. So I was happy that it was solid and well-made, but at the same time, now I had to retrace my steps and follow this kind of wacky road back to the walking trail. So anyways, I said thanks and bye to the seller, and then I was on my way. So I had to carry this heavy turntable back up the hill and then through the tunnel, past the temple, and then back down the other side of the hill, which really was probably only a distance of like seven or 800 meters. But by the time that I had done that, I was already dripping in sweat. It was quite the workout. And of course, you know, a turntable is a delicate piece of equipment. There is the arm and the needle, and I had to carry the turntable upright so that I wouldn't break it right? I had to carry it the proper way. So even by the time that I had reached the walking path that would bring me straight back to my house, I was already really exhausted and tired. My arms were sore, my shoulders were sore, my lower back was sore. 
So I thought, wow, I need to work out with those kettlebells a little more often to build up my muscle because you never know when you're going to be carrying a vintage turntable through your neighborhood at six in the morning, right? So anyways, finally, I made it all the way back home. It was kind of slow going and I was just totally wiped out by the time I got back home. But it was a success. I bought the turntable successfully and I'm very happy with the purchase. It looks great and I can't wait to listen to it, but it's only one of the pieces that I need for the stereo that I'm building. You can't just use the turntable on its own to listen to music. You need to connect it to an amplifier so that the signal can be boosted and the music will come out at a loud volume. And I also need speakers that I can hook up to the amp so that I can hear the music. So I only really have one of the three pieces that I need to assemble my stereo, but it's a third of the way done. I'm much closer to the goal than I was before buying the turntable. So I'm quite happy with the purchase and I'm on the lookout now for the next piece. I don't know if it will be speakers or if it will be an amplifier, I guess it just depends on what I come across first. So that was my experience using Carrot Market from last week. It was an interesting experience, a good experience in the end. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, as a storyteller here on Culips, I'm always kind of thankful when I have to go through this difficult or unique experience in life because it gives me something to talk about on the show and to share with all of you. Once I got back from that stereo buying trip, well, like I said, I was pretty exhausted and it was still like early in the morning. I think it was maybe only seven in the morning by the time I arrived back home. So to be honest with you, I took a quick shower and then went back to bed. <laughs> I gave up on the long run for the morning. I ended up doing it later in the evening, but that morning it seemed impossible. I was just too tired at that time. So I showered, I went to bed, and then I woke up, did culips, did the long run, and that was the end to my weekend from last week. And now it's time for this week's vocabulary lesson. So a little bit earlier when I was telling you the story about purchasing a used record player, I was talking about how my wife and I both love vintage things. And I said that I'm not 100% exactly sure why my wife likes vintage products, but I'm pretty sure that it's because of the aesthetics and the design and the way vintage things look. And when I was expressing that thought, I said that I don't want to put words in my wife's mouth. I don't want to put words in my wife's mouth. And that's the key expression that I'm going to teach you about in this part of the episode, to put words in your mouth. So I'll explain the meaning and how we can use this expression in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to go back and take another listen to that part of the episode where you heard me use this expression in a natural way, just so we can get some context. And then we'll move on to the meaning and how you can use it. And I'll give you some example sentences as well. So let's rewind, go back and take another listen a couple of more times right now. Here we go. I think maybe for my wife, and I don't want to put words in her mouth here, but I think if you were to ask her directly, she'd say that she likes vintage products because of the aesthetics. 
I think maybe for my wife, and I don't want to put words in her mouth here, but I think if you were to ask her directly, she'd say that she likes vintage products because of the aesthetics. Okay, so let me explain now what this expression means. So to put words in your mouth is an idiomatic expression that means that somebody is assigning words to another person that they never actually said. So when I said that I don't want to put words in my wife's mouth, what I'm trying to communicate here is that I'm not actually sure what my wife's opinion is. I haven't asked her and she's not home right now, so I can't ask her at the moment, but I think that's my guess about her opinion. So I'm not saying that this is her opinion. I'm just saying that I think it's her opinion, but I don't want to say with 100% certainty that it is because I'm actually not sure. So in this kind of situation, we can say, oh, I don't want to put words in her mouth. So it's kind of a qualifying statement that you can use to show that you're not 100% sure about what somebody else has said because they've never actually said it directly themselves. And we can use this expression in a couple of useful ways. The first is when we want to warn other people, just like I warned Qlips listeners here, that we need to be careful about making assumptions on somebody else's behalf without their confirmation, right? I'm actually not 100% sure why my wife likes vintage products, so I don't want to put words in her mouth. I don't want to say this is 100% her opinion, but I think it's because of the aesthetics. So this is the first way that we can use this expression. And the second way is that we can criticize or call out somebody else if they're misrepresenting our opinion. So in this kind of situation, maybe somebody is misrepresenting our thoughts or our intentions or our opinions. So for example, let's say my friend was talking and maybe my friend was saying, Andrew, you love like brand new stereos, right? Because they're cheap and they're easily replaceable and etc 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 well in that kind of situation that's actually the opposite of my opinion right i told you earlier that i don't really like these cheap poorly manufactured stereos in fact i like the opposite i like the well manufactured more expensive vintage ones and so in that kind of situation where my friend had misrepresented my opinion well then i would say something like this to him. I would say, hey, don't put words in my mouth. Okay, don't speak on my behalf when you're not representing my opinion correctly. So that is the second way that we can use this expression. So now that we know the meaning and we know how we can use this expression, it's time for some example sentences. As always, I've prepared three for you. So let's take a listen and we'll start with the first one right now. Here we go. Example sentence number one. Hey, don't put words in my mouth. I never said that I didn't like the idea. I just said that I wanted more information. Hey, don't put words in my mouth. I never said that I didn't like the idea. I just said that I wanted more information. Let's break this example sentence down. So we heard the speaker say, don't put words in my mouth. Don't put words in my mouth. Another way that we could phrase this to keep the same meaning is don't misrepresent what I said or don't misrepresent my opinion. So the speaker goes on to say that 
I never said I didn't like the idea. I just wanted more information. So sometimes, you know, people can misrepresent our opinion or they get the wrong idea about what we're thinking and they can change our words, right? And so in this kind of situation, and you want to clarify that, you could say, don't put words in my mouth. Example sentence number two. During the debate, the politician accused his opponent of putting words in his mouth. During the debate, the politician accused his opponent of putting words in his mouth. Let's break this example sentence down. So in this example sentence, we hear about a couple of politicians. They're having a debate, probably running for office, maybe for mayor or governor or president or premier. I don't know, some political position. Okay. And one of the politicians accuses the other of putting words in his mouth. And I think this happens all of the time in politics, right? All of the time, politicians from opposite parties are criticizing each other. And often they're unfair when they are quoting each other, right? They often misrepresent the other's views so that they can try and gain more votes for themselves. So let's say politician A puts words in politician B's mouth. Well, that means that politician A is kind of lying about what politician B actually says. Example sentence number three. I don't want to put words in Paul's mouth, but I think he might be considering changing jobs. I don't want to put words in Paul's mouth, but I think he might be considering changing jobs. So in this example sentence, the speaker says that he doesn't want to put words in Paul's mouth, but he thinks that Paul might be looking to switch companies and find a new job soon. So what the speaker is trying to communicate is that he's not 100% sure that this is true. He doesn't want to say that it's factual, but he has the feeling that maybe Paul is not happy with his current position and will be looking for a change in the near future. And that brings us to the end of this episode. So thank you so much for studying English with me today and congratulations on making it all the way to the end. Great job. If you have any questions or comments or feedback about this episode, then join the conversation on our Discord server. I would love to hear your opinion, and I'm sure the rest of our QLibs community would as well. I'll be back soon with another brand new QLibs episode. Until then, take care, happy English studies, and I'll talk to you next time. Goodbye.